Amen. Well, good morning, church. It's good to be in the house of the Lord, even on a foggy day. I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's fair to call it fog up here. It's just a cloud, right? We're in a cloud. When I was in Huntington Beach growing up, that was fog, but we're high enough where it's just a cloud. But it's so good to be in the house of the Lord today, to be here together with each of you this morning. What a joy it is to come together. Do you sense that you are blessed I know some of you say it that way, but even when it's foggy or when we're feeling foggy, I mean, yes, yes, are you, are you happy? I mean, that's kind of more of a choice, isn't it? I mean, just to, that I'm going to be happy and I am happy today and the sun shines bright. There's some old songs that will tell you all about the sunny days, but there are days when it's not all that sunny. There are days when it's cloudy. There are days when it's foggy. And there are days when we don't necessarily sense that maybe we're blessed, although maybe we've learned that we are blessed even when we don't feel blessed, even when the sun's not shining. Well, that's kind of what we're going to be talking about tonight. What a glorious blessing it is to be in the presence of God here in this place each week. I can't wait. As soon as I say amen today at about 12.45, well, no, it won't be 12.45. <laughs> but they're like, whoa, must not be a game today, Pastor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, 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 we'll, we'll get out on time. We'll kind of get out on time, but I can't wait. As soon as we say amen, I can't wait till the next time we're together. Just being together with the family of God, loving God and, and, and praising his name. Psalm 41, 12 says this. It says, as for me, you uphold me, this is him, our God, you uphold me in my integrity. Hmm. And, and you set me in your presence forever. You, you set me in your presence. for. See, sometimes we think we've climbed the right mountain or we've played the right chords or we've done something right where we're able to enter in and come into that place where we have made our way into the presence of God and he's already here. He's already here. He says that, uh, you, the psalmist, psalmist says, you, you set me in your presence. I thought that was more powerful than that, but um, it, it, it's like, we think we do it sometimes. Well, he told us where two or three are gathered. There he is in our midst, so he has to be here. It's his word. He has to abide. No, 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 no. The, the psalmist is saying here that you uphold me in, your, in my integrity and you set me in your presence. Give thanks to God for that. Thanks to God for the presence of God right here in this place. Even the psalmist, in, in, in the psalmist's adversity, he's having a tough time. Even in his adversity, he is confident that the Lord will be true to his promises. And within his heart, he knows himself to be a man of integrity. He knows what it means to do what is right. When you keep your promises, when you say you're going to do one thing, and you do that one thing, and, and in doing so, he says that you, Lord, you uphold me in my integrity, and you set me in your presence. This is... An, this is our own integrity is not from an outside-in sort of thing. It's not an outside-in. It's an inside-out job that God is doing in our lives. It's something that God is doing in each of us who are called by his name. It is he that upholds us, and it is he that sets us right here in his presence. We can know of the manifest presence of God right here in this place as we worship together. Amen. What a joy to be in his presence, in the presence of God right here with you. But you, you see, what our world suffers from today, in light of this particular, um, this psalm and the one that we're going to go into, is what might be called integrity deficit disorder. 
We'll just call it IDD since we're so used to those sort of things. And uh, we, we probably like to go to Walmart and check out and see what they have for, uh, you know, first, you know, what, what might cure that, what we might take for that. Well, it's not something that you can take uh, necessarily a pill for. It's, it's integrity deficit disorder is what is going on in the world that we live today. And in order to properly diagnose this condition, we must assess the symptoms of IDD. Stop it. Stop it. A person who is afflicted, this is when usually my wife goes, move on, move on. Uh, a, a person who's affected or infected or afflicted with this deficiency of integrity knows what's right, okay, but he, do, uh, he or she does not follow through and does not do what is right. It is to know what is right, but we don't do what is right. That's integrity deficit Disorder. Last week we looked at Micah's picture, uh, scripture, and he told us to do justice, to, to know what is right and to go do what is right, to do the right thing. A person with IDD, he knows or she knows to do what is right but does not do it. He or she makes a promise or a commitment and then fails to keep it. Have you ever known people like that? You ever been a people like that? I, I, I've been someone like that before. I've, I've wanted to take a beach day. Um, I can't make it in today. It's been a long time. Makes promises or commitments and fails to keep them. So when you see or meet a person with integrity deficit disorder, you're never quite sure if you can trust that person or not. I've hired people that call me. I'm not feeling great. Oh, how I wish I would have had Facebook back then, <laughs> just to check in, you know, just check in and see how you're doing. Well, there's a second symptom. It's also one that causes people to have integrity deficit disorder. You see, it's one of the causes <laughs> from the outside in. They live from the outside in rather than from the inside out. Uh, everything that goes on in their life, uh, they're affected by what's going on around them in, in their stratosphere, not from the inside out, but from the outside in. You've met them before. They, they let their feelings and the, their emotional responses of the moment govern their behavior more than doing what's right. It's an outside-in response to what's going on around them. To put it another way, people with integrity deficit disorder are reactive. Uh, and I, the reason why we're so good at knowing the symptoms of this, because we've all been there, it's a, it's a reactive rather than a proactive uh, way to respond to things that are coming your way. Reactive individuals base their decisions and actions on the outward circumstances of that moment, what's going on all around them. You would have seen it last Sunday right here in the sanctuary. We were affected by what was going on on the screen. For most of the game, there were some very happy people. And then the last six minutes, there was other happy people. You see, there was something going on in our stratosphere that at one point affected us in a good way and then later affected us in not a great way. I think you know what I, <coughs> Chiefs, uh, what I mean. You see, when they see something going on that they don't like or they are against, they, they lash out and they discredit 
They, they tend to be, when someone's rude to them, they're rude back. You can't talk to me like that. And that neck thing starts going on. They're, they're affected by the social environment. Reactive people build their emotional lives around the behavior of others, empowering the weaknesses of other people to control them. They let other people decide how they are going to act. Uh, to add to this, reactive people, they're often affected by their physical environment. If the weather's good, they feel good. Now, some of us maybe have a condition. I mean, if the sun doesn't come out, we don't feel so great. And they need us to come and, and encourage them and, and love them into good weather because it's not always going to be good weather. There's going to be clouds. There's going to be 14 inches of snow sometimes. Not anytime soon, I, I pray, but th those days do come. But there are those that don't need to respond that way. If the weather's good, they feel good. If it isn't, they let their attitude and their performance kind of wane. We're still reactive people blame whatever happens to them on someone or something outside of them. They rarely take any responsibility for what has happened to them. It's usually the fault of someone or something else. In the syndicated comic strip, Frank and Ernst, there are two guys, they're living on the street, and they're, they're sitting along a wall, and they're talking to each other, and one says to the other, hey, man, do you believe in fate? And the other one replied back, sure, I'd hate to think I turned out like this because of something I had control over. It's coming. We have more control over than what we think. You see, proactive people carry their own weather with them. You've met people like that. The people that bring bright, sunshiny days to our cloudy ones. I hear a song. <laughs> Whether it rains or shines makes no difference to them. They, they are value-driven. And if their value is to produce good quality work, it isn't a function of whether the weather is conducive to that or not. You see, proactive people do not let social environment control their actions or their decisions. It's just something that's going on today, and I'm going to live the way God's called me to live, regardless of, if, of the weather or whether the weather is very good or not. And, and here's where integrity comes in. It's right here. Having integrity is about behaving in the way we promise to behave, even though the mood in which we made the promise has changed or the environment outside us has changed. You know what I mean? It doesn't change just because he didn't even shake my hand. You know what I mean? Not me, someone next to you, you know, they, how come they, did you see that look that they gave me? Why would, why would they give me that? You know, we built those things up in our minds. Half of them aren't even true, but it doesn't matter even if it is true. Having integrity is letting your light shine even when things are dark. It's living not in the reality of the moment, but in the reality of the promises of God that are for those who have trusted and believed in him. Lit for life. Lit for life. Being salt and light is a choice based on who God is, not who I am or who I am becoming. It's not based on my circumstances alone, but on the promises of God for those who live according to his promises. Shining our bright lights in a world that is fumbling around throughout the darkness. 
This morning from the lectionary, our reading is from Matthew 5. The kids will be studying it. The the teens, I think, are there. It simply acknowledges that we, as followers of Jesus, we are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Feeling any pressure? We are the, the salt of the earth. We preserve uh, God, what God's bringing to this good earth. We've, we are preservative. We are the salt of the earth, and we are the light of the world. We, when we come into the room, darkness has to go away. We are to shine our lights bright before others that others might see what we do, see who we are, and that they will then acknowledge and give glory to God. This is being lit for life. It's not due to circumstances. Being salt and light is living a life of integrity. Being lit for life is being a person that praises the Lord and is happy or blessed for having feared God, having respected who God is in comparison to who we are. It's being a person who delights in God's perfect will for each one of our lives. I wanted to direct our attention to the, not to Matthew, that's part, but I want to go to Psalm, Psalm 112. I want to look at this life of integrity that is possible for those who are in Christ, those who have trusted their God in all circumstances of life. Let's stand together this morning. (laughs) Stand together for the Psalm 112, 1 through 10. You can click on it. You can turn your pages to it, however you get to it. But it's Psalm 112, 1 through 10. And I love how he starts this out. He just says, Praise the Lord. Pray. You know, we ought to wake up like that. That should be the way that we kind of, you know, we turn over, look at that crazy clock that just went off, and we go, well, praise the Lord. My alarm clock just went off. Is that how you do it? Mine went off at 4.30 this morning. I said, oh, praise the Lord. It's time to get up. I want to I see a video of that if that's how you get up. But I, mean, I believe you. I believe you. Praise the Lord. How blessed is the, the man or anyone, actually, this, where it says man, it can be anyone. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commands. See, that's, isn't that us too? Oh, man, I'm going to get up this morning. He's got some commands for me. I can't wait to do them. I don't know. I'm not always like that. I just have to confess to you. It's Monday. That's how we should be. Delights in his commands. His descendants will be mighty on earth. That's a promise. Wow. And some of us are going, when does that start? Come on now. I'm just thinking of my own kids. I'm not looking at your kids. Your kids are wonderful. Yeah, right? You know, no, it started. It's happening. I see it, but it's a work in progress, is it not? His descendants will be mighty. The generation of the upright will be blessed. They're going to be happy. They're going to be steadfast. Wealth and riches are in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Light arises in the darkness of the upright. He is gracious and compassionate and righteous. It is well with a man who is gracious and lends, lends. He will maintain his cause in judgment, for he will never be shaken. The righteous will be remembered forever. He will never fear evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is upheld. He will not fear until he looks with satisfaction on his adversaries. He has given freely to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His his horn or his strength will be exalted in honor. The wicked will see it and be vexed. They won't know what to do with it. They don't know what to do with it. He will gnash his teeth and melt away the desire 
of the wicked will perish. This the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Father, once again, we are grateful for your word. What an inspiration it is to us this day. As it sets the bar high, Lord, we reach for it. We stretch. We're not done with this journey. We want to be more that you've, than, than you've called us to be than ever before. We want to reach and attain those things that you've called us to be. So, Lord, do the work wherever we find ourselves, whatever place we find ourselves. Do the work this day, we pray. Help us to make decisions today that are based on the facts of your word, not on our circumstances, I pray. And we give you thanks for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, this morning we sang and we worshiped the Lord. Uh, we proclaimed that there is power. There is power in the blood of Jesus. You know, the world hears that and goes, that's just gross. They don't understand it. They say, that's just weird. You guys are weird people, and we are weird people, but there is power in the blood of Jesus. There is power in that blood. It, it, it is through the blood of Jesus that we are cleansed from all unrighteousness, from all of it. Anything that we've ever done, we're cleansed from all of it. It is the blood of Jesus that wipes away. It covers, it washes us white as snow. Aren't you grateful for that? today. It's not based on your performance, not based that you, you hit diamond direct at some point, you know, you sold enough. No, it's something that he freely bestowed on you when he became Lord of your life. Today, if you have applied the blood of Jesus to your life, it means that you have believed and trusted in Christ for salvation. You have made Jesus Lord of your life. You have been transformed because there is power in the blood of Jesus. And, and for what? And for what? To break every chain. Not just the ones that we're comfortable with. Not just the ones that, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not sure he can do that because I've been really dealing with that for a long time. So I kind of give up on that and I'll work on the smaller ones. No, it's to break every chain that holds us back, that makes us lesser than we ought to be or makes us feel as though we don't make the mark or we don't measure up. That's what the blood of Christ does. It, it, it breaks the power of the enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. It makes us... Follow us followers, victorious, more than conquerors. You see the blood of Jesus. It cleanses, but the Holy Spirit empowers. Yeah. Amen. The Holy Spirit, the blood. Amen. The blood applied as, has saved you. That's what the blood has done. It has saved you. It has made you blameless. But in order to be fully devoted followers of Jesus, not to be tossed by every wind and every circumstance in life, it is the Holy Spirit that has been given that we might be empowered to serve and to love. In this world that we live in, in this world that's so unlovable at times, we can love. We can love. In a world that is, is in opposition to the gospel, we can serve others because the power of the Holy Spirit has been given to each one of us, has been offered to us to receive and to, to be empowered to love and to serve others. In order that we live a life of integrity, we must be fully and totally surrendered to God. Otherwise, my will will creep in. I don't feel like it today. And then the Holy Spirit says, yeah, but you ought to go for it anyway. Yeah, I probably should, but I don't feel like it today. Yeah, but I'm going to give you power and strength to accomplish those things that you didn't think you could do. Oh, okay, I'll get up then. <laughs> I'll get up and go for it. Carmen, remember Carmen? You sing some of that. Remember some of that? No? <laughs> Sorry, guys. You're going to go out, go on Amazon, and you got to type in Carmen. You'll be looking for a LP. Or a cassette. And uh, you can probably buy one of those. 
They know what those are. You can buy records again. But Carmen used to sing this song that kind of tells us uh, uh, about the way this is. He used to say, Jesus Christ is Lord, and God is still on the throne. He was pretty funky, man. That guy could sing. He still does, actually. He's, uh, he's still touring. And um, he said, Jesus Christ. I was going to go somewhere. I'm not going to go there. Thank you, Lynn. Jesus Christ is Lord, and God is still on the throne. There's power in the blood, and I'm saved to the bone, he used to say. He said, the devil come against me. He going to feel some pain. I can bind him, bruise him, cast him out by the power of Jesus' name. He used to say, name. And he'd sing, no longer on the outside. On the inside, I now stand. I'm sold out the whole route, completely born again. I believe on the third day, Jesus rose from the dead. The whole world thinks I'm crazy. I'm just radically saved is what he'd say okay you see radically saved is is when we is when we, what we profess it's when what we profess matches what we do when no one else is looking at us and you see in order to be salt to be salt of the earth and the light of the world in the order to shine our lights before people, to be the people of integrity, we must be sold out the whole route, completely born again, not just when it's convenient, not just when it's comfortable and the sun is shining and I'm happy today, the sun has been... You know what I'm saying? That's when I'm happiest. Being radically saved is being all these things when it ain't working out right. When it's not happening for me, we got to be sold out the whole route, completely born again. The blood of Jesus applied to our lives and the Holy Spirit indwelling and empowering each of us to love and to serve him with integrity. Integrity is a tough word today, is it not? I bet if I send a piece of paper around, we could put our definitions down and we get a whole bunch. It's a hard word because so many people, it has different meanings to. Ultimately, each of us, we would like to be described as people of integrity. I want that for my life. In fact, the, the world around us, they will remember us for our integrity more than our accomplishments. Our world will forget about sports Ten years from now, most of us will not remember that the Chiefs won the Super Bowl and that Rob Magray won the chili cook-off. They're not going to remember that. We, we, yeah, we won't remember the pop music of the day. And by the way, let me just assure you from this point forward, we will no longer ever, ever, ever show any halftime show in this church ever again. Ever. It started up, I went out, I was looking, I was so thankful that the kids ran off and went and played, and I was looking at them out there. I turned around and went, <gasps> and I came in, and it, it got stuck, and I dragged it over on the computer, and, and somebody looked at me like, and I went, no, no, God help us, God help us. I don't want to demean people, but this is not, we're just going to play the puppy bowl. We'll, we'll just put the puppy bowl on and watch puppies. I, I, I used to love to watch 
the halftime shows. And some of them, if you, you know, when you go back, they're, they're great, but nah, yeah, we're just done. Puppy bowl it is. People aren't going to remember the pop music of the day and the various other accomplishments that we or those around us may have had in life. But those around us will remember what kind of people we are, what kind of person we were. They're going to remember that. In his book, Integrity, Character from the Inside Out, Ted Engstrom told this story. He said, for Coach Cleveland Stroud of the Bulldogs of Rockdale County High School in Conyers, Georgia, it was their championship season. Uh, 21 wins and five losses on the way to the Georgia Boys Basketball Tournament one particular March. Then a dramatic thing happened. Come from behind victory in the state finals, they win. But now in their new glass trophy outside the high school gymnasium, it was bare. There was nothing there. Earlier that month, the Georgia High School Association deprived Rockdale County of the championship after Rockdale High School officials said that a player who was scholastically ineligible had played 45 seconds in the first of the school's five possession, uh, five postseason games. The, 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 the coach found out that we had an ineligible player for 45 seconds of just five of the postseason games. Coach said this, we didn't know he was ineligible at that time. We didn't know it was we didn't know it until a few weeks ago, he said. Some people have said we should have kept quiet about it. That it was only 45 seconds and that the player wasn't even an impact player. Situational ethics. If you're not an impact player, maybe we shouldn't say anything. Here's what the coach said, but you've got to do what's honest and right and what the rules say. Coach Strout said, he says, I told my team that people forget the scores of basketball games. They don't ever forget what you're made of. May we never forget that if you're lit for life, if you're a person of integrity, others will never forget you. And if you are shining your light and your salty conduct will cause others to acknowledge God and to glorify him. The word integrity is not found in the New Testament, but you will find it around 25 times in the Old Testament. The, the same word is used over and over again in the Hebrew text. In tech, uh, in, in, um, integrity in Hebrew means completeness. Uh, and, and most often it means moral innocence. Moral innocence. In our modern dictionary, integrity is defined as the state of being whole or entire or undiminished, unimpaired or, or a perfect condition. That gives us a baseline for our text today. Of course, integrity for many is usually subjective in the day that we live and perhaps uh, has always been somewhat that way. It's been subjective even since I can remember back. We all at times were tempted to come up with our own definition for many would confess, hey, nobody's perfect. I've said that before. But when we do this, we lower the bar to something that God has for us and, and how he wants us to have our lights shine in the world in which we live. We must never forget that, God plan, uh, that God's plan to grow us is not an outside job in, it's an inside job out. 
There are some that hear the word integrity and, and give themselves a, a big thumbs up. They're like, yes, I, I got that. I got this, man. It's, it's obvious in my life. They, 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 they kind of have a smugness or a pride about it. But you see, we tend, to, we tend to rate ourselves subjectively. We do that, don't we? We rate ourselves subjectively, usually based on what we, what we do best. We'll pick out our best traits, and we'll rate ourselves on that, but not on what we need most work in. We'll rate others with one set of standards and then rate ourselves with another. Often, some who are sticklers for the rules will find grace for themselves. After all, I rarely give myself a break, you know, so this one time, it's fair for me to take a pass, uh, give myself a break and let it slide this time. I mean, I'm not hurting anyone. That's the standard, right? As long as I don't hurt anyone, it really doesn't matter what I do in the world that we live. You see, we must be careful how we use the word integrity. Everyone falls short on the integrity test in some areas. It's part of growing as God wants to grow us. I would imagine that we don't like to rate ourselves in these integrity areas, but think about it just for a moment this morning. Take a little inventory this morning. How, how would you rate yourself on integrity on a few of these things? How about just telling the truth? Just Put a number in your mind between 1 and 10. Uh, I, I tell the truth. Go ahead and, and punctuate it, and we'll let the Holy Spirit speak to us. He's really good at that with me when I think I've done something. <laughs> hey, Lord, how about that? <laughs> and then I go, never mind. <laughs> never mind. Uh, I know what you mean. I know what you mean, Lord. How about telling the truth? How about in my family life? Uh, how about keeping your word, keeping our word? Are we doing what we said we would do? How about being prompt? And on time, and some of you just said, Rob always starts late in here. I know he does like two minutes after. No, this is for you to, to about yourself. <laughs> See, we're tempted to do that. I, I, he never starts on time. How about being prompt and on time? How about managing our money, paying our bills, spending responsibly? Now, hey, hey, man, don't get so personal, man. What's your problem? You know, no, it's just a personal thing to think about. Well, you don't know what I've been through. I, I, I don't. I don't. You don't know how hard it's been. I, I don't know how hard it's been. But that doesn't change integrity. How about giving our company an honest day's work? Any business owners in here? Any managers? Wouldn't you like everybody to show up and work the entire time that they've clocked in for? I used to run some stores, man. Oh, man. How about sharing credit? Giving people proper credit for what they do. How about what websites we're looking at or what we're watching on TV? Oh, you're, you're bringing law. You're, you're being legalistic. No, no, this is just personal. You might look at it and go, no, I, I, I only do what's appropriate there. That's great. What about our vocabulary? <laughs> when I first got to Wanamaker, we were going to build me an office. And I remember having a bunch of my guys show up. I just say my guys. They were, they were mostly my older guys, and they, one was Navy, <laughs> one was Marines. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, I remember I got wide-eyed. 
<laughs> from the language. I was like, what's going on? And I, I looked at the one that was from the Navy, and I stared at him. And he looked at me. And I think my eyebrow went up because I was kind of a, I, I kind of picked on folks back in that day when I thought I had it all together. And uh, he looked at me and goes, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't have to say anything. Language. It was, well, he spoke like a sailor. <laughs> he, he swore like a sailor. <laughs> but he was sorry when the light shined. I didn't want to judge, but can we not talk that way anywhere? Especially in church, but anywhere, because it, it's anywhere. How about generosity? Are we giving in the church and sharing our blessings with others? Helping others? Going out of our way to assist those that are in need? How are we doing managing our emotions? This is a tough one. Some people have real physiological things that they have to deal with, but how about us that, if, are there any that don't? And, and how are we doing with anger and envy and pride and bitterness and arrogance, patience? When I said bitterness, did the Lord bring somebody to mind? Uh, not, a, not me, the Lord. I, I say, Lord, is there anything? And there have been days he did. Facebook has allowed me to apologize to a lot of people I would have never gotten to. Because I told the Lord a long time ago, if you give me the chance, I'll apologize for being such an idiot. And then Facebook came out. I was like, and, you know, people would pop up and want to be your friend. I went, ah, I don't know why they want to be my friend. And, and I took that opportunity to say, listen, I know it was 30 years ago, and I haven't been dwelling on it, but I told the Lord that if I had the opportunity, I'd make it right. And when your name came up, the Lord said, make it right. So I said, I need to ask you to forgive me. I know it's been a long time, and I know you're not dwelling on it. I need you to forgive me for the way I conducted myself 30-something years ago. <laughs> oh, yeah, never mind, never mind. No, 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 I'm serious. It's, it's important. Well, of course I do. Of course I forgive you. Thank you. Praise God. Thanks be to God. I appreciate that. Bitterness, pride, arrogance, or patience. What do others see in our Facebook posts, our Twitter tweets? <laughs> What's going out on our Instagram, our Pinterest, and our Snapchat formats? Well, nobody sees it but just the people that are, what are they seeing? There have been times we blush more over Facebook than, <laughs> you know, there's certainly more, but the idea is that we often grade our others and ourselves on a number of different scales. You see, integrity involves all of the areas of our lives. It's not just in the areas that we're great at. And no matter where we're at on the integrity curve, we can get better. We can, with God's help and with the power of the Holy Spirit working in our lives, we can always do better according to what God is leading us into. It's never too late to make some changes. Ask the chiefs. <laughs> the, 
It's never, too, it's never too late. There may only be six minutes left in your game, but it's never too late to adjust, to advance in our faith and practice and to be the light that he's called us to be. You may not believe it, but when the, t- when the game went the way it went, it always breaks my heart when they pan the camera of the guys who thought they were going to win. My heart, I just, I just think they worked so hard and they pretty much looked like they were winning the whole time and, and it's almost in the grass, something that's so important to them, it's almost in grass and then you don't get it. My heart hurts for people who give so much and then don't get it. So I, I never say those things about, nah, nah, chase one. It, it, it's, it's the other side of this is that we are there to support and love and care and share with other people when they're down when they've lost, when they hasn't gone as expected. My heart goes out to them, but it's never over until it's over. And God is always doing a work in our lives to, to raise us to new heights with regard to our integrity. Our text this morning, it starts off in verse 1. It focuses us on the right direction. The psalmist just says, blessed, blessed. Blessed is the man or anyone, blessed is anyone who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commands. Our text, it starts by being rightly positioned or aligned with God. We have to be in right step with our God. He is our God and we are his people. We are not just people who have a God. We are the people of God. And knowing our relationship to our creator is to fear the Lord. Fearing the Lord is, is not being scared or afraid like the Lord's going to punish or, or beat us down when we fail. No, the, the point of fearing the Lord is to have a, a reverence and an awe for God. He's so awesome, so much bigger and higher than me, so much more holy than I can ever hope to be. He, he is everything and I am nothing compared to him to respect who God is in relationship to who we are. Integrity starts by proclaiming that we are not God. It's looking at God and having a deep respect for who he is. It's knowing that the world does not revolve around me. It's admitting that I need God in my life. It's also making it a point to having a personal relationship with him. We can't revere God and not have a personal relationship with him. We, we cultivate this relationship. We work at it. We, we build this relationship so that when others look at us, they can see the power of God that works from within us. In everything that we do, every, everywhere we go and what we do, that's what they should. That's what we want for them to see from us. We must never forget integrity means to be whole, united, unimpaired, undivided, which means when people do look at us, they see the one who is higher and above all things in life. They see Jesus coming through our lives. And we also see the psalmist proclaiming that we greatly delight in his commands. Is that us today? Do we delight in the things that he has for us to do? Not, not his, his uh, hey, would you mind? No, no, these are his commands, the things that he, he mandates from us. Tomorrow when you get up, are you going to ask, Lord, what is it today that you will have me do? What is, what is it that you require of my life today? The person that the psalmist is speaking of is that person who knows the difference between right and wrong and does what is right 
that person that does justice, that loves mercy, and that walks humbly with his or her God. We cannot be a people of integrity and not follow his commands. It doesn't work that way. I don't know. I've tried it. If, I'd like to know if you've tried it and it worked. It just doesn't work. A person of integrity wants and strives to be a person who is obedient to God. People who don't have integrity, they, they, they aren't worried or concerned about God. And, and not only are they not concerned about God, they don't fear him. They are not in awe of or do they have a reverence for God. We, we see that in the world that we live today. So if they don't trust and believe in God, they also won't fear God. And from therefore, they will not make it a point to follow what God has called them to and commanded them to follow. Those who do not concern themselves with God will despise God's commands. Have you seen that? We see it in our world. When when, when you proclaim what we believe God wants, they get really frustrated with us. Well, who are you? They'd like to remove God from everything. That's going to be a really tough job in the country that we live in because his name is on So many things, so many things. We see it in the world that we live. Tell someone that God doesn't want them to act a certain way and they will become furious with anything that holds them back from doing whatever they wanted to do. They find God's protections as restrictions. God's protections as restrictions, and they do whatever pleases them, even if it hurts others. You see, people like this tend to be self-centered and selfish and arrogant. Being a person of integrity means that, you need, that we need to fear the Lord and know his commands. It really starts right there at the basics. It's loving God with your whole heart and all your mind, soul, and strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself. And that's really where it's at, is it not? That's where it's at in total of how to live with integrity. So what does it look like? From our word, the psalmist gives us some examples to look at. We see there in three, uh, we see three of them in Psalm 12, four. It says, light dawns, light dawns in the darkness for the upright. He is gracious, merciful, and righteous. The word gracious, gracious is really a word that describes God. He's the God of grace. He, he gives grace into our lives. His grace is always pulling us towards him, but here it is, the only time it's used to describe a person. The only time we find it grace, his gracious uh, used to describe a person. And the people that this word, world, this word describes, they are given the graciousness which God exhibits. His graciousness. It's because the person is upright before God. These are righteous people. They are people who seek to do what is right and honorable and honoring to God. You see, when we are gracious, we are able to speak complimentary of others. We, we, we speak words of life into their lives. We don't tear them down. We are able to be happy for and to congratulate people around us when something good happens to them You ever met somebody that's not happy when good things happen to other people? It always works for them. He gets everything. Upright people can encourage others when they are down. The righteous do not revel in the demise of others. And when others don't succeed as they hope for, the upright give others hope and encouragement. 
I even saw that after the game last week. Some of the guys would go over and hug the other guys. And good game. I mean, that's why we get in a line and shake hands, right? We, hey, good game, man. It was a good hard-fought game, and a couple of them swapped jerseys and hugging each other, and good to, good to play you on the field, see you next year, you know. You see, a person of integrity is not a critic. They do not put others down and want to keep them down. Those with integrity lift others up, wanting what's best for them. They are merciful and compassionate. It means we sit down next to them and we bring comfort to them when they're hurting. We don't necessarily solve all of their challenges in life, but we, we stop and we talk to them take time for them. We walk with them through their storms of life. We don't judge and point out why they find themselves in their current circumstances. We simply offer them ourselves and we comfort them with love and grace. My home pastor used to say it's the ministry of be thereness. The ministry of be thereness in the times when we're in great need for someone to come alongside and bring encouragement prayer and love and concern is really something that we need so much of. A person with integrity is also righteous, which means we simply do what is right before God. You know, we have the Holy Spirit that is with us. If we're ever not sure of the right way to turn or to go, the Holy Spirit is always faithful to prompt us, to share with us what we ought to do or not to do. I've never had the Holy Spirit say, hey, you ought to go get drunk. Uh, you know, he, he's never said you ought to go, any of those, just name the vice. He's never told me you ought to go do that, ever, ever. He has, on the other hand, said, hey, <laughs> hey, Rob, hey, you should go, you know, he gives us those kinds of things uh, that, that, that we can be obedient to him. We're careful in the way that we live that's one way to say it, that we're upright as we seek to do what is right. It means that we'll be careful in how we live. Not because we're afraid or we're trying to look good. We just want to be careful with who God is asking us to be in this world that we live. We, we pay our bills on time. We, we keep the promises that we've, we've made. If we make a mistake, we make it right. We admit our sinfulness and we ask forgiveness. We are a people that when we give our word, others trust us. And then next, the psalmist adds a little more information about the person of integrity. We are people that when, he says this in verse 5. He says, it is well. It is well with the man who deals generously and lends, who conducts his affairs with justice. And then verse 9 says, he has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. You see, the person with integrity, is generous, very generous person. He or she gives to those that they find in need. But not only do they give to those in need, they, they also see the needs of others and they respond to those needs. We often become so busy, so focused on the things that we're doing, we just get so used to the, the needs and, and not really seeing what the need is that we fail to see those real needs or even respond anymore. 
a professional photographer, DeWitt Jones, he tells about a photographer who walked down the street one day and, and he came upon a man who was choking. And, and what a picture, he thought. He had his camera and his lens and he thought, man, what a picture. This says it all. A man alone in need. What a message this will make on film. So he fumbled with his camera and his light meter until the poor fellow looked up that he was choking. He realized that there was no help that was coming. So the, the guy grabbed the photographer's arm and he gasped. He says, I'm turning blue. That's all right, said the photographer, patting the fellow on the hand. He says, I'm shooting color film. You don't know whether to laugh or not at that, do you? I'm shooting color film. You get the idea? Sometimes we're not looking for it. We don't see it. And we need to see it. Just seeing it isn't enough, though. We need to see the need and respond to the needs of others. It's given to those with no strings attached. When we see a need, when we see an opportunity to help, we should be willing to help. We must use wisdom and discretion always, but I'm not responsible for what others do with my generosity. That's God's job. God does that. God takes care of those things. I'm responsible with how I respond as God leads me. The question is, how can we not freely give when we have so much? One of our things that we want to do this year, we're calling them Serve Saturdays. Serve Saturdays. There's probably about four or five of them already on the calendar. We're going to assess the needs of some of our folks that maybe are getting to the point where they can't get out, climb a tree, and cut branches, or maybe they just need some help on their property or, or whatever, and we're going we're gonna to make it available to us to, to sign up and be a part of that group. It's going to get organized so it doesn't feel so crazy, but, but we're going we're gonna to find different things that we can do right here. It's about world. World is about ministry in the church, and it's about missions outside the church. Who can we bless? Who can we bring our influence upon and help them and make a difference in their life and lift them up and encourage them, pray for them while we're there, and remove the, the stuff from the yard that just need they, they can't anymore. So many people just can't do that anymore. And they're right here and we can help. You're going to see that coming up. I think there's a meeting next week. We're going to start looking into that and assess some of the needs of our body and how we can help and bring that kind of relief. How can we not give of our energies? Sometimes it's easier to give some money, but and not everybody can go out and sling a chainsaw like Goose, you know, that guy. I dislocate my shoulder just trying to start the thing, you know. You see, people of integrity handle, we handle our affairs with justice. Knowing what's fair really comes from obeying God's commands. We, we saw this in verse 1, we, we should know when there, something is not fair or when something is. We've all seen people in, in power hurting others simply because they have the power to do so. It's something that we see in Jesus as well, but in a different way. You see, Jesus was meek. He had all the power, but the difference we see in Jesus, you see, he chose not to use it for his own gain. He laid down his life for all of us. And people of integrity do all things in a spirit of fair-mindedness, doing for others with justice, which means we are not partial. It means we are, we are not to be objective in all of our dealings 
or we are to be objective in all our dealings, impartial, fair, not selective, open to anyone that God calls us to do right by, to do justice, loving, helping, and serving others. So at the end of the day, we always ask this, what is the outcome of this? Some might say, what's the payoff? And we used to say in our message, so what, what next? In light of all this, what is it? What's next? The question is, so why have integrity in such a cutthroat society that we live in? Shouldn't we just be looking out for ourselves? Why should we be a people of integrity? It's a simple answer. It's going to blow your mind because it matters to God. It's God's call to you and I to be salt and light, to be lit for life, to show the world who he is in the way, in the way that we live our lives. And as we do, it shows up in our lives and others see it and they want to know more. What's up with you people? You're always doing nice things. I remember when we took the money to the kid that rolled his car. What? Why? Why, why would you do that? The Lord wants us to. We just want to honor God and he wanted us to do this for you. So here it is. He made a point to follow me out to my car his last day at the donut shop. He followed me out. He shook my hand. He goes, I just want to let you know this is my last Sunday here at the donut shop. I said, oh, man, okay. We'll miss seeing you around. He said, I just want to let, let you know again, thank you so much for what you guys did for me. I said, hey, thank, give thanks to God because the Lord is what led us to do that. And uh, we're grateful. And, hey, when you get your car, send us a picture. We want to celebrate with you. Always give the glory to God. It's because of what the Lord's doing. The psalmist wrote in verses 6 through 9, and I'll make it plural for us, plural. For the righteous will never be moved or shaken. They will be remembered forever. They will not be afraid of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Their hearts are fixed and fearless, certain that they will see their foes collapse and fall. Their righteousness endures forever. Their strength is exalted in honor. In these verses, you can see how the person of integrity is thought of. They will never be moved. They will, ne they will be remembered forever. They will not uh, be afraid of the bad news. And why is that? Because they're blessed. They're blessed. Their hearts are firm in trusting God. Their hearts are steady, and they're not afraid of uncertain times. Their righteousness will last forever, and their strength will be exalted. You see, blessed of God. Now, that's an amazing promise that we should hold on to. I think I've told you of a woman before at our last church, she developed some kind of internal cancer that was very painful. And in her last days, she would stand at the entry door of the church with bulletins in her hand. She could stand up no higher than this. Alice. I'd walk in, I'd say, hey, Alice, how you doing? And she'd look up and she'd say, I'm blessed. And I just want to go crawl in a corner somewhere because I had probably just got done complaining about how much gas my Lincoln was using. Blessed of God. Now that's really something 
to hold on to. Blessed is one of those little Bible words that we only hear at church or sometimes it's shouted out when somebody sneezes. Bless you. Have you ever been in a moment where something really great and amazing was happened? It's happened and you just kind of turn for a minute and you say, yes. You do the little fist pump thing, yes. You ever done that? You see it in sports all the time. I saw a whole bunch of it last Sunday at the Super Bowl. For the most of it was on one side, and then the last part was on the other side. It was all this. Oh, oh. Yes. That's what being blessed is. It's having those really big yes kind of moments again and again throughout our whole days, all of our days, seeing a need and hearing the voice of God speaking to us and and meeting those needs. It's not that we get to meet a need. It's that he's speaking to us. Yes, he's speaking to us. Do you still hear his voice? When I hear his voice, I don't don't even care what what it is that he wants me to do most of the time, but but it's it's about he's speaking to me. When I'm getting mad at the truck driver on 58, he's speaking to me. I slow down. I'm sorry, Lord. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm excited that he's, he's speaking. That's when we have those really big yes moments. God's speaking, and we're meeting needs. Yes, thank you, God, for speaking to me and using me in this way, letting me be salt and light to those around me. It's when we experience the power and the presence of God in our lives throughout our day as we seek to honor and glorify him. Yes, yes. Stand with me, will you? We used to sing an old song. I used to sing it. It was like a song I sang when we used, <coughs> when we used to sing specials in the church, and it would go like this. Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. May the fire of our devotion light their way. And may the footprints that we leave lead them to believe. And the lives we live inspire them to obey. Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. I pray that our 412 student ministries and our children's, our kids' ministries, that they would see us and our lives that we lead would cause them to want to obey, would cause them to want to follow. And then I'd like for our children to see our teens and want to follow what they're doing, to see God working in their lives, walking and, and, and hearing the Holy Spirit motivate them and to do the things, to do the right things that God wants them to do and to have our children go, I want to be like, like them. I want to be like them. People are watching. They're looking for individuals that have integrity. May all who come behind us find us faithful. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the opportunity of this day. Would you bless these, your people, as we strive to be filled with the Holy Spirit, completely sold out the whole route, completely born again, walking in your ways,